Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello, Convention of State supporters, and welcome to a very special edition of COS Live. In a few moments, we are expecting a vote by the Pennsylvania State Government Committee on our Convention of States legislation. We have received a notice, though, that the vote might be postponed, so just a heads up on that. We're not quite sure if the vote will happen today, but we are doing this COS Live because we are expecting a vote in Pennsylvania today. So let's get you caught up to where we are at right now. 15 states have passed the COS resolution that would call for a convention to propose uh, limits or amendments on the federal government. And it covers three topics, fiscal restraints, term limits, and, and changing or putting back into place the federal jurisdiction that the founders wanted. These are the three subject areas that our resolution covers. Again, that's fiscal restraints, term limits for elected officials, and reducing the jurisdiction of the federal government. This year, our resolution is being considered in an, in an additional 22 states, one of those states being Pennsylvania. So how did we get here? How did we get to this moment right now where our resolution is being considered in Pennsylvania? Well, first of all, it comes because of our amazing grassroots support that we have in Pennsylvania. They are the driving force that has got our resolution to the Pennsylvania Senate right now. The Convention of States Pennsylvania team has been busy at work. We've seen amazing amazing groundwork in, uh, with the Pennsylvania team. We've garnered 19 sponsors. Yes, again, 19 sponsors in the Senate. That is absolutely amazing. And it's all a testament to the great work that the Pennsylvania team is doing. And of course, we have bipartisan support in Pennsylvania right now. Over 85,000 Pennsylvanians have signed the COS, pe COS petition. That's a significant number. Again, that's 85,000 People in Pennsylvania have signed the Convention of States uh, petition calling for a convention to limit the federal government. They have voted, they have said yes to COS. We are seeing amazing support. In a scientific survey, we were able to see that over 64% of Pennsylvanians, yes, 64% of Pennsylvanians agree that a convention should happen that would uh, propose amendments to limit the federal government's ability to spend, to uh, put term limits on elected officials, and of course, to reduce the jurisdiction of the federal government. And this just this isn't just Republicans either. 61% of Democrats agree that we should call a convention. 68% of Republicans agree that we should call a convention to limit the size, the scope, and the jurisdiction of the federal government. We are seeing bipartisan support across the state of Pennsylvania to limit the federal government. This is the time to call a convention so that we can rein in an over, oversized federal government that spends your money. That And we have Rita Peters. Hi, Rita. How are you? Hi, Andrew. Well, um, I wish I had better news. Actually, I have been better. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry to report that we have just gotten word from our sources there on the ground in the Pennsylvania Senate committee room that the committee is not going to take up our resolution and actually vote on it today. Apparently, there's been some sort of unexpected wrinkle in the process, and they are going to push 
the vote off to another day. This likely means that um, there was some trouble in securing one or two of the votes that we needed on the committee, Andrew. I don't have mm. specific details, but yeah, this is a this is a sad thing to have to report to our supporters. And I would just say, if you are a Pennsylvanian and you are watching this broadcast right now, please contact your Pennsylvania senator and let him or her know that Convention of States is a top priority for you and that you want the Pennsylvania Senate to pass Senate Resolution 152 this year. Yes, because uh, Rita, this again, it starts with the grassroots. Whenever we encounter problems like this, the solution is more grassroots. More grassroots is always going to get us across the finish line. We need, and I mean, and that's not to call into question the amazing grassroots activity we have seen in Pennsylvania. I mean, 85,000 Pennsylvanians have already signed the COS petition call, asking to call for a convention. That's an outstanding number, but that doesn't mean that we can't have more grassroots to get our resolution across the finish line because senators, they need, they need to hear from their constituents that a convention is needed and that their constituents want a convention. So what can we do to continue to grow the grassroots army in Pennsylvania, Rita? Go to conventionofstates.com, sign and share our petition. And again, if you are in Pennsylvania and you're watching this right now, please contact your Pennsylvania Senate and let them know that it is not acceptable for Pennsylvania to continue to sit on this resolution. You're ready for them to pass the Convention of States application. And remember, what that's going to do is bring more power back to the state level and stop federal overreach. Because if they pass our resolution, what they're doing is applying for a convention to propose amendments on three topics, imposing fiscal restraints on Washington, limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and setting term limits for federal officials and members of Congress. That is all that could be considered at a convention of states called pursuant to our resolution, which again is now pending in the Pennsylvania Senate. It's Senate Resolution 152. And it's not okay for our state leaders to do nothing. They work for us, we the people. And we are tired of standing by and watching federal overreach. We are ready for the states to use their constitutional authority under Article 5 and step in and correct the balance of power and restore our federal system. Mm -hmm. And Rita, I think we should also run through just the amazing success that we have seen as an organization with the grassroots has seen, what the grassroots has been able to accomplish. Our uh, 23 states have introduced the Convention of States resolution in 2021. It's an amazing number, 23 states have introduced the COS resolution. We have Hawaii, Illinois, Iowa, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Dakota, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. I mean, this is just absolutely amazing seeing our legislation uh, active in all of these 23 states. Um, as you said, as we've said, 15 states have already passed the COS resolution. Georgia, Alaska, Alabama, Florida, Indiana, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Tennessee, North Dakota, Arizona, Missouri, Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Utah. And you can see on this map right now, the green that's the past states. The blue, that's where active 
uh, legislation currently is right now in 2021. And then the yellow states, that is where um, the states have passed at least in one chamber of the state legislature. So just to take a few um, examples, Iowa, um, they passed um, in the House subcommittee on state affairs two to one, and in the Senate subcommittee, the subcommittee uh, on state government two to one. Kansas also, uh, Senate federal and state affairs committee seven to two, uh, overwhelming uh, passing there in Kansas um, in that sub or in that committee. Wyoming uh, Senate committee on minerals, business and economic development three to two. We saw victories in West Virginia, victories in Nebraska, victories in North Carolina, Wisconsin. Uh, we've seen victories all over, Rita. What can you say about just the success that we are seeing across the country in these various states? Well, I'd like to highlight Wisconsin. It was yellow on that map, if you notice, because we have already passed this year in the Wisconsin Assembly and we're, we're pending in the Wisconsin Senate. And so be encouraged because Mark Meckler and Rick Santorum are in Wisconsin today as we speak, holding a huge grassroots rally and, you know, just building that momentum and inspiring and encouraging the Wisconsin Senate to pass our resolution. Once the Wisconsin Senate passes it, it's done. Wisconsin will be state number 16 if they act you know, first before any other state does, because our resolution, again, does not need any action on the part of a governor. It's just the state legislature. Both chambers need to pass it. So Wisconsin is looking promising to be number 16. Um, let's, let's see how they do. And Again, if you're watching and you're in the state of Wisconsin, we have that pending legislation there. It would be a great day for you to call your Wisconsin state senator and let him or her know that you want him or her to vote yes on the resolution in Wisconsin. Absolutely. Please call your senator. Call, uh, call them. Tell them that you want them to support the Convention of States resolution. You want them to support calling convention. Uh, we need you on the front lines, calling people, calling your legislator, getting in the fight for liberty. We need a grassroots army that is willing to help us get our resolution across the finish line. One of the more important things that we talk about at Convention of States, too, is education. Education is so important. We have a grassroots army, but that army needs to be active and educated to be effective in this fight for liberty. Our great resource that we provide to our grassroots volunteers and grassroots supporters is COS University. It's an amazing tool. And we're sorry that we unfortunately are not going to do a live uh, hearing of or live uh, tuning into the um, uh, Senate committee in Pennsylvania, but we are going to share with you some highlights from COS University. And we are encouraging you to sign up to, to COS University to educate yourselves so that you can be an effective activist in the fight for liberty. We're gonna put some, some clips on the screen for you right now. This is Dr. Tom Coburn. I'm a 71-year-old retired physician who uh, spent uh, my first years as a businessman taking a company and uh, building it and selling it and going to med school as an older student in my early 50s, I got interested in what was happening in our country and uh, decided to run for Congress. I actually served 10 years in the United States Senate. 
And I actually left two years before my term was up because I've come to the conclusion that we will not fix the significant large problems of our country through Congress. They don't have the courage to do it. They won't address the difficult problems because it's always seen in light of how it will affect my next election. And quite frankly, the vast majority, not all, but the vast majority of people who go to Washington want to stay there. They like the elevated position. They like the, the power strokes that they get from their constituency. And so what you see in Washington is people who routinely work to make sure that they secure their next election. And I see it completely different. You should work to so you can secure the next generation and, and do what's in the best long-term decisions for our country. And quite frankly, I didn't see that. What I saw was is partisanship. What I saw was game playing. What I saw was is how do I manipulate things so I can be in a position to be here the next time I am up for election. We now have a government that has 22, almost $23 trillion in debt, $144 trillion in unfunded liabilities. We have an out of control bureaucracy that without being elected to anything that tells us what to do, when to do, and how to do it. And the real question for our country is who gets to decide? Are we free or are we not free? And we're not free when somebody in Washington who was never elected to a job tells us how we must spend our state money. And they decided that by the rules and regulations they wrote. Congress didn't decide that, which shows another failing of Congress in that Congress doesn't know enough about the legislation they passed to actually write the rules that they want written for it. So they transfer that to somebody that wasn't elected. history is, is all republics have died. You can look at throughout all history. And I think America can cheat history. I don't think we have to die. I don't think we have to lose our freedoms. I don't think we have to go bankrupt with $144 trillion of unfunded liabilities like we have today. My whole goal in joining up with COS is to actually develop a program that is as big as the problem that we face in Washington and that will actually treat the diseases of the problem rather than the symptoms. And the problem is this. The federal government's out of control. The enumerated powers are meaningless to most people in Congress. That's the constitutional part where it describes what their role is. They routinely ignore it. And consequently, we have millions of federal employees who were not elected to anything telling state agencies and individual citizens what they'll do, when they'll do it, and how they'll do it. That's not the America I was raised in. That's not the America that'll secure our future. And that's what Convention of States is about restoring the constitutional principles our founders gave us. And we do that 
by collecting 34 states to go in for a convention of amendments on three issues. Most people know what those are. It's limiting the, the scope and power of the jur uh, and jurisdiction of the federal government. It's fiscal responsibility on part of the federal government. And it's term limits associated not only with members of Congress, but also appointed officials in the federal government. And if we do that, we can actually save our country. So the question for me is, the rest of my life, will I work to secure the future for the next generation and do that by promoting a convention of states that will restore the fundamental freedom, freedoms that secure our liberty, that secure our future, and secure the next two generations. I don't think that we have a tool other than Article 5 to secure our future. You can hear everybody say, oh, it's dangerous. What is dangerous is not fixing our country when we're given a tool by our founders to fix it. What is dangerous is leaving our children exposed to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars of debt, which they'll never be able to repay, which will cause a marked decrease in standard of living. And everybody who is behind the scenes knows that's gonna happen. But it's not taught, it's not talked about because they don't wanna scare people. Just remember the money that the Federal Reserve printed in 2009, 2010, and 2011 had no, no material backing to it. And there's still $4 trillion of that out floating around, which ultimately is gonna cause severe inflation. There's no inflation now because there's no speed with which money is consumed. There's, the economy is healthy, but it's not that healthy. And so what will happen ultimately is we'll either see marked decrease in standard of living or hyperinflation. And there's no ands, ifs, or buts about that. That's, that's classic economic theory, and we know that's gonna happen. So I joined up with, with the Convention of States because it is the only solution that's big enough for the problems that we have. It will work. Our founders thought long and hard about this, and they knew that at some point in time, our federal government would be out of bounds, and it is. And it's doing things it was never intended to do, and it's taken away liberties that it was never intended to do. Uh, so I'm a proud advisor to the Convention of States. I hope you will be too. I hope you will work hard, that you will talk to your state representatives and state senators and encourage them to be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. It's my hope that you'll stay tuned while Rita Dunaway takes you through a detailed analysis of how Article 5 works, how it will be approached, and the situation uh, that we will find ourselves in when we get to a convention and what will happen there. This is Tom Coburn for COS University. Goodbye. I'm Rita Dunaway. I'm the National Legislative Strategist for the Convention of States Project. And now that you've gotten a really good understanding of the root of the problem that we're facing in our country, I get to tell you about the solution to that problem. And the solution is actually found right in the Constitution itself. 
Article 5 of the Constitution provides the two ways for amendments to be proposed and made to the Constitution. Congress can propose amendments or the states can agree to trigger a convention for proposing amendments. Now it's important to keep in mind that regardless of which way the amendments are proposed, the states always are the ones to ratify constitutional amendments and it always takes three-fourths of the states to ratify any amendment proposal. That's 38 states, so it's a really high bar. Now up to this point in history, only the first means of proposing constitutional amendments has ever been used. Congress has been the one to propose all of the amendments we have right now. But back in 1787 at the Constitutional Convention, the Founding Fathers, in their wisdom and their foresight, knew that it was likely that a day would come in history when Congress would have too much power and the people would need a recourse, a way to limit federal power. And so they provided the second means for proposing amendments in Article 5, the state-initiated means of proposing amendments. The way it works is that two-thirds of the states, so today that's 34 states, have to agree that constitutional amendments are needed on a particular topic. What they do then is to pass something that's called an application. It's really just a resolution that's passed by the state legislatures. Now that's an important point. The governors of the states have no role to play in Article 5. We're talking specifically about the state legislatures. And what they do is they pass this resolution or application for a convention to propose amendments on a specific topic. That's another important point to understand is that if the states don't agree on the agenda for the convention, then no convention can be held. And the agenda for the convention is set forth in the state's application to have an Article 5 convention. So the Convention of States Projects application specifies three subject matters for amendments, and those are imposing fiscal restraints on Washington, limiting federal power and jurisdiction, and setting term limits for federal officials. That sets the agenda for the convention to propose amendments. Once two-thirds of the states, again that's 34 states, have passed a resolution or application for a convention on the same topic, Congress has what's called a ministerial duty under Article 5 to call the convention. And that just means that it sets the time and the initial place for the states to meet together and, and hash out the amendments they think are needed pursuant to the topic of the 34 applications. Once Congress does its duty in that regard, the states choose and instruct their commissioners to represent them at the convention. These are called the state delegations to the convention. And state legislatures, again, are the ones that have the power to do this. Now, every state can choose to send as many commissioners as it wants to make up its state delegation, but 
every state only gets one vote. And that's another important point to understand about the process. Once the state delegations have convened for the convention, that's when they do the work of debating and considering what the real problems are and how to address those problems through amendments that, in our case, would limit federal power, impose fiscal restraints, and set term limits. They work in committees, they draft up amendment proposals, and any amendment proposals that are approved by the majority of the states at the convention are then sent back to the states, as we said before, for ratification. And once again, every single amendment proposal must be ratified by 38 states in order to become effective. Sometimes people will ask, well, how do you know that this is how the Article 5 convention process works? Because we've never had an Article 5 convention before, and the details of the process aren't all spelled out for us in Article 5. So it's a fair question. But the reason we know how the process works is because America has a very rich history of interstate conventions. Throughout American history, even before the Revolution, the states often met together in the convention format in order to make decisions and accomplish things that needed to be done for the good of the nation. And there are a few really important things that have always been the same about the interstate convention process, of which an Article V convention is one type. First of all, we know that the states are the ones who always choose their commissioners and give them instructions. The states are the ones who run the show and are in control here. The commissioners act as legal agents for the states to go and do their bidding at the meeting. Secondly, we know that every state only gets one vote when it's time to vote on the decisions being made. It has never been done any other way. It is a universal precedent, one state, one vote. And finally, we know that there has never been a runaway convention. Every convention on record, including, for instance, the Constitutional Convention in 1787, shows very clearly that the commissioners have respected and obeyed the instructions given to them by the states. So far, I've talked a lot about what we need the states to do, the state legislatures in particular, in order to trigger this Article V convention that really is the last best hope of restoring constitutional governance in America. But now I want to talk about you, because your role is really the most important role of all. Your state legislators need to hear from you in order to make sure that they will support the Convention of States resolution in their state. If you haven't already done so, please go to our website, conventionofstates.com, and sign the petition. That petition will be delivered directly to your state legislators. After you do that, please take the next step and make a personal phone call or even a personal visit to your state legislators. Tell them why you support the Convention of States project and ask them to be a champion for the resolution in their state legislature. 
I'm Rita Dunaway for COS University. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.